0: Welcome into the Boardroom, Wiggles' premier all-sports talk show. If you care about the sport, we talk about it. From Auburn football to the English Premier League, we discuss it all. Now sit back and relax, because the Boardroom is now in session. And welcome into the Boardroom, everybody. Today is February 22nd, 2024, on this wonderful Thursday. And it's once again time for Wiggles' all-sports talk show, the Boardroom, right back here. You're hanging out with Gregs Blankenberg, Connor Greenberg, Kyle Davis and Nelson Early, as always. And Auburn basketball is on a bye this midweek, and that's a very good thing.
1: Thank you for this. It's perfect timing.
2: Shout out, Greg Sankey.
1: Shout out for the buy. Great idea. This couldn't have come at a better time. Saturday was like an all-time just down day for the Tigers.
2: It was dare, an all-timer. Dare I say, hot take, I think that loss Saturday hurt more than the Iron Bowl. Ooh. No, no, Ooh, no, wow. you, no, you yeah. see, because I have standards. <laughs> Wrong answer. Standards. Listen, yeah. we were in that arena for like 12 hours that day. We
1: lost the Iron Bowl last year the same way, same circumstance. It mm-hmm. makes it better. I could see your argument if Jay Wolt's actually after the year, but uh, okay. he's That's not. Fair.
2: But at the time, we thought he was. Yeah,
1: but looking at it at retrospect, it's not as bad as it I- was. I
2: felt worse after that game than I did after the Iron Bowl. Oh,
1: I felt empty. The, the emotional George letdown. Bush meme.
2: The emotional letdown of all that built up all the hype to then go out against one of the worst defenses in the SEC and score 59 points.
1: Oh, that was an all-time stinker on offense. And,
2: and at that time thought you were going to lose your best player, your senior captain, yeah, best and that is, was going to be – Best is arguable. Or second best, sorry, second best. He's, that's out.
1: even arguable. I mean, Chad might be better, but that's a debate for another He's day. He's a better
2: player at the next level. I think Jalen's better here. Okay, fair, fair.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even like going back to defense, I mean – UK is pretty awful on that side of the ball. And it wasn't even like they're contesting a lot of shots. We just missed so many open three-pointers. And, I mean, like, you, as a coach, you can't – especially for Bruce and his style of coaching, you can't say don't take open threes because open threes are the second-best shot of the game in the entire game outside of maybe a dunk, a clean dunk. Um, they're D1 players. They're going to have one or two mess-up games. It just turns out that our biggest, worst game on offense of the entire year was on probably the biggest stage of the entire year.
0: It came down to, I think, what really set the tone was just uh, both of our main guards who, main scoring guards, that is, Trey and KD getting r- in really early foul trouble. So you're just throwing in Aiden to the fire where you have to deal with some pretty good guards, especially Rob Dillingham, who's probably going to be a lottery pick. Cause oh, he's a tough pick.
1: He was disgusting.
2: And Antonio
0: Reese is
1: kind of building his, his case to be a – that the is Billy's the first round pick. That there, is true
0: listen, too. I mean, Antonio Reese had twenty two points.
2: You you talk about college basketball as a whole right now, and you know, the big man kind of dominates discussion with E.D. and Hunter Dickinson and Janai to an extent. In these big matchups, the later in the season we get, guards win games. And and on paper t- and, uh, and we should have contended with them. I mean, but their guards just totally dominated that game.
1: We have, we had the thing is on paper, we have good guards. They're just very inconsistent. Like when they show up, the front court is going to be there pretty much nine in and night out, but that's not going to win it in March. If we can get a couple strings of, you know, good games from Denver, Aiden, Trey, and KD, I mean, this thing can go on a run. It's just a matter of if um, we, at this point.
2: I think maybe we need to get Kyle here with some analytics. We got to have an Aiden Holloway discussion. It's really bad, guys. It's really bad. He, I think he's 6-for-42 in his last eight SEC games from three. Which is it's, it's just weird because we
1: know he has it. He's shown it this year. And it's not like. It's the underarm shoes. It's, it's not even like. I think it's his head. The stage or the competition. I mean, he went off against Baylor. Um, first game of the year on a neutral site. Far away from Auburn or even where he's from in North Carolina. And against a very good Baylor team and showed out. So it's not just to say that it's the competition or it's the big stage or the SEC. There's just something going on in his head or in his mechanics that just isn't clicking. And I'm thinking, especially with, you know, J-Will being down for a few games and we be potentially see more three-guard lineups, I think they try have to try to get an Aiden Trey lineup going at some point. Just something different. Because yeah. he has to get going at some point for us to make a run. And if we're not trying new things and keep doing the same thing over and over again, I mean, what's the definition of, uh, of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, but different results. And if we t- continue to do that, we're going to be up in flames in March. And it's up to this coaching staff to make the tough choices, and that's the one that we need
3: to make. Aiden has made two three-pointers in February in five yeah. games. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the thing is. I think it, it was close to when he started, when Trace started starting. You know, I feel like it was kind of close. So I think it could be a confidence issue. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think we're going to live and die by a freshman point guard, though. Um, we previously were living and dying by Jalen Williams. Um, I had a fire tweet last week. Don't know if you saw it. It was incredible. Uh, hashtag analytics were popping off. Um, but I don't know who's going to fill those shoes. It's going to be so big. I mean, Chad Baker-Mozara Obvious candidate. He was doing, he had a good stretch there in the beginning of January, kind of falling off as of late, putting up numbers. um uh, We're really going to need him to step up in the next yeah, I can, two, three weeks. You can I can, to, I can have
1: argue, to start thing is though, have I, can, to. I can argue he's done basically the for, for, for percentage of uses and efficiency wise. He's been the same. He's been our most consistent player all year. We just don't give him the basketball. He had three it's shot just, attempts. It's the same thing with Jani in certain games. And, and Bruce can say all he wants, oh, we should have gave him the ball more, yada, yada, yada. At some point, you have to go into a game knowing that these are our two of our best players. We have to give him the ball. We have to. Or else we're going to have games like Florida and games like Mississippi State on the road where our best players don't get their shots up and we hurt offensively for it. And we have the, the wrong guys taking too many shots and not the right guys not getting the ball nearly enough. And that's what happens when your best players are not your primary draw- ball handler happens when your best players isn't your guards who get the ball the most, and you have to rely on them to get their best players the ball?
3: Chad Chad made – he scored only five points, not from the th- free-throw yeah, line. He, he nine for four nine. 14. He was, he was nine for nine. Free nine. Throw line. You, can't, you, you cannot four. have
2: three – he cannot have three shot attempts while Denver has 11 and KD has 10. That just can't happen. KD Johnson and has – And part of that – part of that – He's on the point guard play, and part of that is on Trey Donaldson committing two really, really stupid fouls early in that second half that totally tilted the tide. He looked, he eyed up and lowered his shoulder, got a flagrant. That was his third personal, arguably should have been taken out of the game, and then picked up his fourth right after. And a play that you just got to get out of the way, knowing you got three fouls.
1: And and maybe if we if we're having this conversation on the eve of March, where as in which is, it hasn't happened in many of our games this year. As in, if a certain amount of players get in foul trouble, we're not going to be playing that well. Maybe our depth isn't what we think it is, and maybe we should restructure our thinking when it comes to that. Because you got guys. I mean, sorry, Connor, but I'm going to call your boy out, Leor and and Chris Moore, who are going to be getting more minutes due to this Jay wool injury. And it's gonna it's gonna look it's gonna look bad. And I mean, you got teams like I watch like Creighton or teams like. like can like some some teams who play seven eight guys who win a lot of games and their players are playing thirty five minutes. Yeah. I mean, like, like at month, some point a
2: month ago, I came on here and I said there has not been a team since twenty sixteen that has won a national championship playing more than eight guys in the rotation. And, and you can you say don't, it doesn't happen. And and
1: and and to the point, you can say, hey, we ran, we played ten guys from November to January for this purpose, for if some guy goes down. We, have had it, we haven't had the bumps and bruises that other teams have and we're able to be able to play more minutes for more guys but the strategy has always been the same for over the past few years depth, depth depth, rotate, rotate, rotate. I don't think we're going to go into this stretch with that viewpoint and it's going to hurt us badly because of it. I mean we have, we have, we have seven guys who are, are very good at game basketball and can play at a high level if given the chance to play more. It's just not going to happen, and it's what's so frustrating about watching this Auburn team is that there's a certain way that you have to handle this
3: adversity, and I don't think we're going to do it. Speaking of adversity, there's a big old bulldog, a state away, and we're going to go find it this weekend, uh, Georgia. I'm I, you know kind of piggybacking off that how are we going to handle adversity? Um, we lost, so we won't, we've only. We've had three losses previous to this past weekend. One of those was followed with a loss. The other was followed with a emphatic home win. Um, now we have Kentucky loss going to Georgia. Um, not a great Georgia team, but I mean, us on the road, it's going to be interesting. Kim Palm's yeah. got the score. Uh, set at 78-69 for us, giving us a 77% chance to win. They're they're a sneaky one. We can't overlook it. I'm glad we're getting them off the bye, kind of get back in the rhythm, figure out what we're going to do without Jalen. I don't think Chad, Ange, and I should ever play less than 32 minutes. They're going to have to play 32 every game from here on out, and I think this is a great place to test it.
0: Yeah, especially since they've lost four of their last five. They beat Vandy the other night. So, yeah, it's a get-right game. It's like, what's this Auburn team look like without Jalen? That's really the main question. Yeah, like, what are we going to be able to do with that? Because
2: There's there's going to be a couple things we got to watch out for. You have to find people who can
0: score besides Jalen. It's basically – We've not been able to win without Jalen. You're
2: going to see what this Auburn team will look like from now until the, the end of the season. I think the main thing you've got to look out for is who's going to start at the four. Is it Chaney? Do we move Chris Moore up to the four – do we move Janai to the four? Because I think that's something that can't be discounted. And and 44 is going to get real minutes. Um, the other thing is, is to Nelson's point, where are, are Jalen's shots going? Because I don't want his shots going to Trey or Aiden or Denver. I want his shots going to number 10 and number four. Those guys, has to. Those I'll, guys I'll should be having this. 12 I'll, I'll to 15 shots shoot. every game. No, but I, I don't want Trey taking Jalen's shots. I want Chad taking Jalen's shots. That's true. But or problem, Janai. There's no. T- we've had – We've had so many chances to, in games where we're not shooting the ball well, to get the ball inside and pound the rock in the paint. Kyle, test my analytics here. Believe it's easier to score from the paint than it is behind the three-point line.
3: So much easier. (laughs) But it's not always more efficient. Now, yes. we we got to differentiate. But when we
2: are on the road with a Nike basketball not shooting the ball well. Put it in the paint. Put it in the paint to a guy who could be an All-American.
1: Yeah. But, I mean... Going back off what I think one one interview with Bruce is that he said, and I quote, "I'm not going to change the way we play just because we're on the road," which could be a varying. I mean, you could have you could say that, but also have a game plan, which I guess the definition kind of needs to bring. Like, how, how do we play? I guess it's like a pace thing, or but if you're interpreting it as as I kind of did, it's like no matter where we're doing, our game plan is going to be pretty much the same for us. We're just going to have to accommodate for what they do and try to match match that. And for what Georgia does, this is just stats based off of averages, no efficiency numbers or anything. They don't rank in the top 100 of anything, and only rank in the top 150 in free throw percentage and rebound percentage uh, in, the yeah, entire, they say, the, in the entire the entire country. Whether with without Jalen, we are a lot more talented than they are. And a Mike better White's coach a good team. coach, though. He we Mike had, White is a that's that's a
2: he's given Bruce fits over the years, and Bruce. that building has given us fits. Remember the the Jabari team we won on a Wendell Green last minute layup, and I believe mm-hmm. we lost in Athens last year.
1: Mm. It's it's that's he's a decent That's been a trap game. He's us. a decent coach. Uh they don't have it this year, but no. if we if we play like we have on the road and and stuff like that, then they'll give us fits and there will be more of a game than it should be.
0: And that is gonna do it for our first segment. When we come back, we're gonna have more boardrooms, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to the boardroom on a Ninety one point one, And welcome back into the boardroom everybody. Once again, hanging out with Greg's Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Last segment we talked about Auburn Basketball. Playing against Kentucky in this weekend's matchup in Athens versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Now we transition from Neville Arena to right across the road at Plainsman Park. The your Auburn Tigers have started off the season four and nil, four and oh. Oh, I just had to do that for Nelson. Four uh, and
2: before, before we get into uh, before we get into the the nitty gritty of the games, how awesome is the back forty deck? Uh, Elite. It's, it is made it so out much fun. It's, really I it. love it. It's God's gift
1: to Plains of Park. Uh, it's great. It's you a good will have viewpoint. to drag me away from there. I mean, being over the visitors bullpen. And of course, you can't say we the students are advised to not be you know, go too far, but you know, give a little little housewarming to the, the visitors bullpen is always it's always nice. Um, it's a great spot to watch a game. You get views from the jumbotron. You're right next to the outfield. Home run balls get hit right to you, which is which is awesome. In a couple of years, Plains of Park will be the place to be on campus. Uh, the stuff they're doing. Um, is very um, – for Auburn baseball is what we need because it's, the sport of college baseball is growing. And also it's Auburn baseball has probably been the most consistent sport on campus in the past five years or so. Uh,
2: I continue to claim Butch Thompson's the best coach on this campus. Oh, 100%. percent uh, He is unbelievably likable. Like, just such a soft-spoken, humble guy who continues to go out there and overachieve.
1: Which is which? I mean, it brings into account as well the whole partial scholarships for baseball, so without a lottery in the state. Which I don't know why that rule applies, but there's like a lottery rule where you can get if a state has more, like a the president has like a as a lottery uh, in in the state, you get more scholarships for some reason. Bane the um, NCAA. That is that, the dumbest thing I've ever it's heard because th- they can distribute more money that way and stuff yeah, like that. It's that's so stupid. Um, we don't have that in the state of Alabama, of course. So Butch is already at a disadvantage. Uh, and being able to recruit top talent with only, you know, maybe a third or a half of an actual scholarship and uh, being able to get the most out of him put him in the league is something that most fans don't know or appreciate, but that just goes to show you how good of a coach he is.
2: Speaking of that top talent, Ike Irish. <clears throat> Dog. Ike Irish is really good at baseball. He's,
1: I mean, in the in the very few, you know, games he's played behind the bump – the, the the biggest thing I was worried about was his defense and how that he's would affect fine. him on offense. He's looked great.
0: Listen here if he hits what he's hitting and does not catch as good as Nate Larue batting point one seven five. Yeah. I will do it's oh, yeah. it's okay. One the pass ball game is not going to be the difference between him hitting point seven one or him hitting three
2: It it's pretty incredible that a guy his age hits for such a high average, hits to the gaps, hits for power. He's a lefty that doesn't really pull the ball.
1: Yeah, he the one thing I would probably is, say that he should do more behind the plate is pull the ball more. Um but he, hits, can, I mean, he hits to, to left field and, and center field so well that sometimes it'll it'll he'll get a little stinger on the inside corner. But he also can turn on the ball well too. He so. can, yeah,
2: he can pull it. He just doesn't as often. He could generate more power if yeah. he kind of if it's
1: over the middle half of the plate, trying to pull yeah. that to to right field instead of dead center. But He's probably one of the best pure hitters in all of college baseball, and for him to do that behind the bump, was decent defense, very good speed, especially for a catcher. Yeah, hits for average, hits for power. He's a, a bona fide five tool player for Auburn. Who, uh, but Graces did not go out of high school to the draft. We were lucky that he stayed, and uh, we're paying a lot of dividends for that. And we
0: got another year too after this. Yeah. Uh
1: huh.
2: The, the bottom of this lineup, I think, is going to cause some issues as we go into SEC play, but this three four five, 4 Ike Irish, Bobby Pierce, and Cooper McMurray, Cooper doesn't hit for, for average great, but when he gets a hold of one, it goes <coughs> out in a hurry. I don't have
1: a, a whole lot of names. Um, Chris you know. Stanfield's
2: a name.
3: Oh, oh I love oh. Chris
1: Stanfield. Stanfield will be our Stanfield's leadoff awesome. hitter. But I'm we a, have, I am a Stanfield fan. I, Stan. I will argue your point about bottom half of the order. Pitching and hitting-wise, this is our deepest team we've had, and they probably the deepest team we've ever had. I mean, we got transfers in from, uh, from Jack State, like yeah. Javon Hernandez, Mason, uh, Mason Manners. Manners, Cooper I, Weiss. I really like Maners. We have a lot. I mean, even Derek Fabian, who had a bad opening night, yeah. but then hit 3-for-3 three three for, like, 4 RBI in the series finale. We have guys who can provide a lot of different things, a lot of speed. Not as much power, I would say, as last year, but as in home runs, but definitely can hit gap-to-gap. Gap. Um, very, very, like, professional at-bats. Get their walks. I mean, we won seven two the other night and had three hits. I'm very worried about Cole uh, Chase Alsop. So.
0: Yeah,
2: I think the two questions for this team. That I feel, I feel like our Sunday are, how, starter
0: could be our best pitcher. How Carson Myers? Looked, Carson Myers look great. Carson Myers could be. Our He's best going pitcher.
2: against Virginia on Sunday. I um, the two like long term questions: who's going to start on Fridays, and how consistent can the infield, other than Cooper Murray, hit?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, for Alsop's point, I think we have the guys this year and our bullpen is so deep that we don't need five, six innings every – if we can get four good innings from Chase Alsop that's enough on a Friday night because we have guys like uh, Drew Nelson, Zach Crotchfeld, who are bona fide, who are recruited to be Candy. starters, who – well, not really. Kenny was Well, was no, more, he wasn't a starter, but he's a, he's I'm a guy. T- the back I'm, the I'm talking about guys who yeah, like legit relievers. could start in the SEC, but have chosen to be a bullpen, a lengthy bullpen guy that helps us out on like weekdays, weekends. We have those guys this year that we don't have to get six or seven innings out of our starter every day, which I think a guy like also could end up being beneficial. And I mean, we've only seen him pitch one game. He had out of the out of the two innings he had uh, runs given up, one was a, a bad inning, but one he only had three earned runs in that game. He, he allowed five, but he had two errors in that last yeah, they inning that would have put him away. That were not good errors in the infield. So, still all this to say, we we're we're a weekend, so I think. Any and all good and bad takeaways from Auburn baseball is probably not the best thing to do yeah, because of the sample size is, is so we small. Eastern Kentucky and we played UAB. two not great teams. I mean, we look good on paper. We look good. We looked good we looked here this weekend, but we'll really see the tests. Um, we play Iowa, Virginia, and Wichita State this weekend.
2: Um, I just want it on the record. Uh, I believe this is the first time in my four years Auburn is playing Virginia in a sport. And there have been that's some questions that, about my that. allegiance. Uh, I, think they played, I think they may have played in men's tennis at some point. I know that's like the that. thing
0: with Wake; it's been Wake's, but only played um, Auburn and tennis. But I believe this is the first time <coughs>
2: de- it 100% is in in the Big Three. Um, questioning my allegiance, I do bleed orange and blue. Mm. But obviously, I'm pulling for the Auburn Tigers. Just just, for, is that even a
0: question? Just like a day in January, I mean, where were you in April of
1: 2019? We kind of have to. We kind of have to have to ask sometimes, Connor. I mean. Yeah, we have we Listen, have going to, have to uh, the be a
2: tough win for us if we can get it, but obviously we'll be rooting for I'll be rooting for both orange and blue teams to be entering that Sunday game undefeated and for Auburn to to take the little ch- so quasi championship game.
1: Yeah, um baseball, college baseball's grown so much.
2: It's awesome. It's
1: fun. It's a great way to spend an afternoon if you're in the Auburn area and don't have anything to do going to a, a Auburn baseball game. Let's see this early in the year when games aren't sold out. And, man, that crowd on Friday night was electric. There was not a seat that was empty in that, in that area, in that stands. And the back 40 deck was packed to the brim. I mean, that was a great environment for college they still baseball. still packed at some, too, for, on Saturday when, after game day. I mean,
2: yeah, it's, it's – we – I think the next step for baseball is getting, like – I mean, obviously the opponents aren't as good, but, like, those midweek games matter. I mean, you saw certain – Number one ranked teams in the country drop an easy midweek game.
1: No everyone can win those, you know. And you know, different.
2: having those home games that are the ones here, we got to win those. Those are not. Well, gimmies. I think uh, so, like, when, whenever we, we had a
1: we had a little talk with Bruce, not Bruce Butch, uh, like two three, three weeks ago, and I think he had the comment that I mean we're in the top ten of hardest rate to schedule in all of college baseball. I mean you can't you, know, you can't schedule like uber hard games all the time, but I mean I think. The first week was very light for us, but I mean, we're going to a neutral site and playing three or at least two very good teams, so
3: yeah, it's gonna be a tough weekend for sure. I mean, I'm not a super big college baseball aficionado, so just pulling up the stats, just saw Chris was he's the, he's the dude right now.
2: I love Chris Stanfield. Uh, he's we, gonna
3: be the dude too. Uh, he just he just he just has that swagger. And he's gonna be the guy that carries the team. He's been around the longest, right? Out of like the guys. He was that- a freshman last year. Oh, well, I never think mind. Bobby
1: Pierce. Uh, Bobby Pierce is like a. I think he's a senior this year, or maybe a fifth-year senior. He's been like playing. He was a big contributor on that twenty-two, uh, or yeah, that twenty-one, twenty-two, College World Series team with like Science Share and all of them. Um, but of course, there's like a lot of new guys, a lot of transfers in this year, um, but I mean. Technically, I think the only three in that lineup or four in that lineup that were here last year was Ike, Cooper, Bobby, and Chris. I don't think we have any other repeat. Uh, Cooper Murray. Yeah, I said Coop. Oh, Ike. Was Weiss here last year? No, no. Weiss is new.
2: It just sounds like a a name that was here last yeah,
1: year. Yeah, uh, I think he was like our first transfer that we got, so it was very fresh on our minds. Caden Green. He's not starting. Uh, is he related to Auburn guys. legend Julian Green? No, <laughs> this is some great, some great, uh, just, just great, great radio show right now. Yeah, We're just talking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> college
0: baseball. Um, but I, so I mean, what happened? What happened to Wake? Yeah, Was what happened Griggs? to Wake? Greg's? Yeah, Wake's still figuring things out with the midweek, so it's okay. You know, back. some some teams hey, don't a lot have of th- that problem. A lot of teams are already lost to opponents. Like think about it. Like think about it. Mississippi State got swept, even though they're not good at all. Florida already lost a game. A lot of these teams, like, it's
1: not – baseball, you're going to lose games. Let's circle back to state. I mean, there was, what, two years ago, Ole Miss won the national championship, and I think Mississippi State hosted a regional. It was the reverse.
0: Mississippi State won, and then the next year Ole Miss won. Ole Miss won.
1: won. They went back-to-back in that state, and ever since then, last year, I think they were bottom two in the conference, or bottom three. And they're they're looking to do the exact same thing this year. What a fall from grace that state has had. And, I mean – Mississippi State, I understand. I think their coach left. But for Ole Miss, the same guy's there. And until Lane Kiffin got it going last year, that was their best sport. And they were committed to making that Ole Miss's thing. They were a baseball school. They've committed a lot of money to that that, uh, stadium they have. And it's not looking great this year. Uh, They've already – I think they've lost – they lost twice. They went to Hawaii and lost twice. Hawaii took two out of three from them. Um, Which, I mean, that's a long road trip. A lot can happen. Uh, but when you're a team with that pedigree who's won a national championship in the last couple of years, you expect to go on the road and win those games. So, that was definitely surprising from week one. A um, couple of teams. I think Arkansas lost yeah, the game. They dropped one to JMU. Go Dukes. They did. They did drop one to JMU. Um, I think a lot of, like, SEC teams. I know LSU
0: hasn't and Auburn hasn't. South Carolina, I think they scared lost. they
1: didn't lose, though. Vanderbilt lost to um They didn't lose last FAU, night. I think. Yeah. Um, because
0: Vanderbilt's bullpen pitching is very, very, very sketch.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about college baseball. It's any given night. I mean, there's so much talent, Juco to SEC and all anywhere in between, that you can have a major team come in and whip you. I mean, Campbell and Coastal Carolina. Well, Campbell's good. Oh, well, yeah, but to to the casual fan, they wouldn't know that until mm. they actually watched them play. That's the thing is that we're we're seam heads. We, we kind of know this stuff. <laughs> Some guys don't. People don't who come I am in. Some um, guys.
2: As as seam heads, I think we have to transition to talk about the absolute disaster that Fanatics has created to where you may not let la- not be able to let children watch <sighs> MLB games.
1: The the pants are see-through. The material is just abysmally bad. Uh I think I saw a picture of like a player for the Rangers who we'll we'll talk about it next time. Sorry, I've had to cut it
0: off, but we'll come back after this short break. We'll continue talking about this. And then also, what is the boardroom's plans to fix NBA All-Star Weekend? So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everybody. Hanging out again with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Last segment, we talked about Auburn baseball and the great start they've gotten off to. And now we're going to continue for a brief moment to talk about the discussion we started last segment. What in the world? Is Michael Rubin doing to our jerseys,
2: Dude, bro? Is too busy hosting parties in Vegas and in Long Island and all white. They have botched. First of all, I don't understand why Nike handed that over. It makes no sense to me. This is the it, swoosh is a the swoosh itself oh, is I, a billion dollar logo.
0: I, oh, I read it because they signed an agreement with Fanatics. Like yeah, they the a logo year afterward. Exactly.
2: This, yeah. which yeah. seems but like the biggest. If you're Nike, you you run this exact risk of. You're letting someone else control a product that appears to be yours? It's awful. For people, I, don't under, I don't understand how it's made it 10 days or whatever without getting fixed.
1: For our thousands of loyal of, of, of listeners who do not know what we're talking about, recently, uh, Fanatics has uh, unveiled their new uh, jerseys for this year that every team will wear for every game. Um, and the quality is very suspect. I think whenever it came out, a lot of comments were saying that it looks worse than a replica jersey that are already out, like the – it's very, like, compact. It's – you know, the threads aren't as defined. It's not as thick as it was. Um, I think they're a lot, a lot smaller. The logo and everything just seems a lot more smushed on the jersey. The it arc, doesn't
2: look – The arc of the names?
1: It doesn't look – yeah, there's a there's a guy on the Rangers who has a, a double name, and both names are very long, that it basically takes up the entire jersey. The number on it has to be squished down to fit the name and it's it's awful. I don't I, I don't think they're they've addressed it cuz I don't think they can fix it this year. have to come out with so many new jerseys and a totally new design and drop of a hat. Uh,
2: if there's I, anybody that has the willpower to do it, it's Nike and Fanatics, and but man, it's bad. It's a PR nightmare.
1: And it, 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 it's not just jerseys, I mean, like I said before the break, the pants quite literally
2: are, are pretty much see-through. But this is think about how disastrous it is in terms of Big names that moved this off season, people are going to be buying new jerseys that are awful quality. I mean,
1: you just have to wait. Two
2: of the top five hitters in the sport are on different teams now, playing for the two biggest teams in the sport. If you in if, Juan Soto and Otani,
1: if if you value your wallet and your money, hold off on buying a jersey. For a, no, oh.
2: and I've been I've been on this uh, this this wave. Go with the jersey. True. Go True. with the jersey. The jersey's got the swoosh. It's a Nike. It's a Nike. Yeah, but there's shirt.
1: something about a button down, a or, oh, or, 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 or a button up. That's like, when you
2: go on eBay and get the old one. <laughs>
1: fair, fair. Um, but it's just, it's mind numbing, and we're gonna talk about the NBA in a second. But it, it seems like baseball, for a while, has just made just MLB has just made, just some head spinning decisions over the years when it comes to how they want to market their 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 product, bigger especially bases, they do a have new bigger audience. Bases.
0: Bigger bases. That is correct. Like, a
1: lot of the in-game stuff has been, I, the Ghost on second, I, I never really liked. Awful. But the rest of the in-game... Pitch clock's awesome. Pitch clock's good. Bases were good. More stolen bags, faster paced games, which is good for the product. But, I mean, the biggest star, which is no longer the biggest star of the show of Itani, but the biggest star for a good six or seven years, Mike Trout, was probably the least marketable guy on the face of the earth. And to the point to where, I mean, you're just losing hundreds of fans just because the game was so contrived and so slow-paced to a younger audience that you couldn't market to, whereas the NBA has kind of grown that audience. That younger demographic has kind of latched on to the NBA for its stars and its fast pace, which is baseball is kind of falling behind. But that just goes just on the on the list. The FNAX fiasco has go on the list of bad choices. Yeah, that's it's not great. I'm and, as and, I mean, I majestic. And 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 there's another big thing in baseball. Uh, it's it's slowly solving itself, but like if you look at the free agents <laughs> still on the market the, right now, the
2: Cy Young winner is a free agent.
1: An MVP like three years ago. Cody Bellinger
0: hasn't been signed hey, yet. Hey, according to sources, he may re-sign soon. So. Yeah, for that's, that source is a girl named Jess that's picking up on Cubs' Twitter from as Arizona saying, hearing from people in Arizona that he's getting a deal. But, uh, but Tim Scott, Anderson, Scott, Scott,
2: Boris. It's because Scott. Good. Scott Boris.
0: Because. Scott Boris. Dude, I like Cody, but he w- had a good second half of the year. But is he worth $300 million? No. Absolutely not. The well, Cubs gave neither him neither is Snell.
2: No. I mean, I, listen, I would. Love Blake Snell the Yankees, love him. Would I give him more than a three-year contract? No shot, no shot. Are
1: all these guys, Boris guys.
2: All the, the all, all the big guys left are all Boris guys.
1: Like, and this is not just a baseball or Scott Boris thing, but like in every like Rich Paul for for the NBA. I mean, what you mean um, what's his face uh, for college coaches? Rosenthal uh, or no? Jimmy Sexton, Sa- and there's Rosenhouse there's like a a like fraternity of like six or seven. Agents in the world that just completely destroy the product because they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're doing their job. They're constantly getting money out of these teams and universities, which is their job to do. But it's detri- it's detrimental to the product, and the league has the ability to put a cap on that, and they haven't. And you have guys like there's two guys on the Yankees, Shohei, and I, I forgot the other guy's name, who are like yes. they—they—they—they—the yeah, Yankees. So true. I mean, no, the Dodgers. Shohei, Shohei and Yamamoto, yeah, and and, and and Yamamoto, who like they had like a graphic. They're two. They're the one billion dollar, yeah, yeah, the one billion $1 million dollar men, which is insane. It's insane. I mean, Otani's probably worth if he plays like he did last year for that thirteen whatever years. He's probably worth that, and then some. But is he going to? Probably not. Yeah. It, it it's gonna eventually happen. He's out pitching all this year due to Tom and John. He's only going to be hitting. He's not worth that if he's just hitting. And I mean, you got guys making just so much money and it keeps getting bigger. And then you got guys like, I think Tim Anderson signed today for like a million dollars. Now, he's not been that good, but a guy who was a. It's two the Jackie Robinson th- stage. Two or three time All Star. There goes Anderson. Two or, two or three time All Star.
0: Although, we can never forget him. Thank you for your service. The home run into the corn off of a certain MLB oh, team. Oh, that was so sad. Amazing. Uh,
2: I, true. Was, I was in the uh, like a Marriott RTJ. Just fell to my knees. Did, yeah. Ma-
0: the, did Manfred juice that ball? Yes, 1,000%. Uh, f- probably, probably. But he also
2: juiced the balls for judges staying to up.
1: True. Very true. Uh, glad. I don't balls count judges' record around. because those
0: okay. home let's, runs let's, is right field. Let's fielding. fix the NBA All-Star weekend. Yeah, so NBA All-Star weekend. Terrible. It's unwatchable. The best thing that happened that weekend was the Steph Sabrina challenge.
1: Uh, true. True. Uh, which only lasted like two minutes. Because they should have made like three rounds. It was... Just one round for both of them. And I mean, props to Sabrina for going from the three point line or the NBA three point line. But once you did that, you pretty much knew his raps. Um, well, I, have, I mean, she beat everyone yeah, else in the three point True. true. I I shoot, have, she
3: tied Dame. I but, have two but, ideas.
1: but no, I'm saying that because of Sabrina. I'm saying because Steph Curry's probably the best shooter of all time. Oh, yeah. And you're taking, like, uh, the one, good too, but. you're taking the one advantage. What what what, what
0: country is Kyle Guy playing in now?
2: Uh, I believe Spain.
1: Ah. Ah, uh, I wonder why. That's
2: where Leon Messi played. He's the greatest of all time.
1: But, yeah, the NBA All-Star game used to be – I mean, we, the dunk contest, the, the s- skill sound has always been kind of boring. Jalen Brown, the, oh, my gosh. The three-point contest <sighs> and the, the game itself was typically entertaining. I mean, the, the, of the three major sports, the one thing baseball gets right is that the All-Star yeah. game means something, and it's fun to watch. It doesn't really mean anything anymore. It does.
2: They took away the home field, but it's still really a good game to it's watch. It's still
1: a good game to w- They're at least really trying,
0: and
2: they're, I,
1: and they're always mic'd up, talking to the guys. Jalen Brown
0: should be banned from all All-Star Week activities. In the words of Shane Sharp, no. you dunked over Kaysenat, who's 1-5 in the sitting in a chair, Ugh. with your tongue out, and that somehow got him to the final round. I, over well, He's he dunked, with his, he dunked my, with his left hand, so One of my impressive. two
2: ideas, I have two ideas to fix it. One, you turn the game into the Ryder Cup, and it's mm. U.S. versus the world. And you have people like watching for passion and patriotism, and you engage them that way. Now, I don't know how the voting works for that, because like, it could be a little staggered, and then like, You got guys that were born in Canada but have grown up in the U.S. and they can kind of like – you have to kind of declare. It could be messy. My second idea is that we don't get rid of Jalen Brown and we turn the whole weekend into skills challenges like Steph and Sabrina. Off the top of my head, Jalen Brown versus Hansel Emanuel, left-hand dribbling contest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Wow, that's –
2: Shaq versus Dylan Carwell, free throw contest.
1: Wow. I think Dylan would easily win that. I think another Char- idea... Charles
2: Barkley, 40-yard dash. And we just do all kinds Which of crazy True eating
1: contest. eating contest.
2: Yeah, uh, Charles Barkley um, mile run versus <laughs> a, a random woman from San Antonio. True, true. Like We also just, we tweet just that's do a bunch of stuff WNB, because uh, all, all of NBA Twitter was talking about the Sabrina Steph thing. That was the most interesting part of the weekend. So we just create three nights of skills challenges, all kinds of random contests that would objectively be funny.
1: I think, but... I think probably. I mean, that would be great, but I, I don't see them personally. A doing CJ that. Stroud and Scotty
0: Barnes taking a test challenge.
1: Oh wow, that's rude. That's very rude. Scotty <laughs> Barnes is a very smart. Man. Um, I, I've
0: got. Dame, a good I have, one. I have a, a good one. Rap Battle. I with have a, any
2: random rapper.
1: I have a. I have an
0: Play
2: idea.
1: Point to four fingers no, no, it's a it's it's a it's a Dame KD r- rap off cause, you know. Oh KD yeah, guys, I saw KD. R- yeah. Um, an alternate idea which. Uh, yeah. it, a very funny report. I think I forgot. I think it was Dirk and Igodala went back to the locker rooms for yeah. the Rising Stars game and the All Star game and say, hey, we need you to actually try tonight. You know who did and who didn't? The Rising Stars actually tried that game. Yeah, put the Rising, Williams, If you put the man, Ri- man, the former ACC player of the year, if they you beat put, the Rising Stars. If you put the Rising Stars against the actual All Stars, the Rising Stars will at least try. They'll at least try to put up a fight because they <laughs> want to prove something against some of the legends like LeBron and. And Steph and all them. And if the, the All-Stars don't try, I mean, they'll get embarrassed. Which, if they try, good for the sport. They'll probably be the writing stars every game. I think, but,
3: I think we do, like, a Capital One match. The match yeah. kind of uh, thing. And do, like, get the Super Bowl champions in there. Since that's well, they close. do have a celebrity game. Yeah, or, it, like, integrate the celebrity game. So, like, you know, it's, like... Three NBA players and then two celebrities. Well, and, like, they're putting
0: WNBA players in the celebrity. That's not
1: fair. No, it's
0: not.
3: It's not. It's not. But that would be hilarious. Like, what I if? Think what if
2: we did? We we did the top nine team or the seven, eight, nine make the play in, and then the tenth spot goes to the two. The two worst teams in each conference have to play each other, and the mm. winner automatically gets in the play in.
1: Gosh, that's that's been like. So then you
2: have teams tanking to make the play in.
1: That's been like those kinds of games have been like speculated in like so many different sports. Like I think the I NFL football. draft having like one or yeah. two, which is great. But what player on the worst team would do that? That you're playing for your replacement? Dude,
2: could you imagine a Hornets Pistons All Star Weekend game? Gosh,
1: that would be amazing. Hornets are on a three game win streak. Fun fact:
0: probably, Hornets' if, new uh, best uh, player
2: uh, is taking inappropriate pictures.
1: Uh, that is a lie. Uh, who? Who? Trey Man or Grant uh, Williams? I would call him best. I think. I think. Uh, I mean, they're undefeated since he got there. True and and a couple of other players yeah, as well. But
0: I think a, a contest to see KD versus an entire team to see who can get mo- the more impressions on Twitter in a certain amount of time. A burger off.
1: Just, I mean, there's so many podcasts Katie, in the NBA Katie right now. Just versus, have it have a podcast weekend. There's so many NBA podcasts right now. Just have them all get down <laughs> on a table and just talk ball for five hours. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? Yeah, you're good. All right. <laughs> and with
0: that, we're going to head to our final break. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite segment. It's our pick We're going to get the standings. We're going to get you our picks for the weekend's top contest. So do not go anywhere. The last segment of the show is coming up next. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle, 91.1 FM. Right. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everyone. You're hanging out with Nelson, Kyle, Connor, and Griggs. The last time we talked about the NBA All-Star game, what we can do to fix it, as well as the Fanatics MLB jerseys. And now
3: it's time for the segment. We've had every, every episode of the show. It is The Boardroom Picks. So, Kyle, take it away. All right, we got three college basketball picks, and we're going off the rails a little bit. We need to be somewhat moving through these basketball picks first. first, Who's in first place? Oh, uh, score update. Hashtag score update. Um, Last week, Connor scored three. Me and Greg scored two. Nelson scored one. Connor leads 49. Kyle, 46. Griggs and Nelson tied for last in 39. It is quite the gap opening up. Um, need to be – I mean, we don't need to be fast, but we just need to be faster than we normally are. First game, 11 a.m. tip, Saturday, Houston at Baylor. Houston's going to be two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's in Waco. I'm picking uh, – it's a tough we,
1: one. We, we We need Baylor. Baylor winning would be good for, for Auburn. Very good. Uh, But I I'm uh, having a hard job deciding this because I think I've picked Baylor a couple times. They've lost or didn't cover. And then I infamously picked Houston on the road in Kansas, and that did not end well at all. Houston had a good win at home against Iowa State the other day. Uh, I mean, Houston probably analytics wise, I'd say is probably the best team in college basketball. But I just don't know if I can trust them. But you know me, I'm a vibes guy. I don't I don't think with, with, with my brain on the boardroom. So I'm gonna go with the Cougars again. I feel like they got it this time.
0: That was really qu- great quick analysis. Thank you, Nelson. Um, I'm kidding. Um, 11 a.m. I'm going to go Baylor. They've had a couple close games at home, but I think they should be able to win this, especially at home, because I don't really believe in Kelvin Sampson teams And once
2: the what clock
0: hits almost March.
2: Um, I'm going to go with Houston. I feel like they finally turned a corner. I think that Kansas game is a big wake-up for them. They, they absolutely trounced Texas last Saturday. And won a big game against Iowa State midweek, so uh, I think it'll be a tight down, tight game down the stretch. I think Houston wins. I'm going to take him to cover, but I could I could see this being a one or two point win as well with a, a free throw late. Shout out Jamal Shed hashtag good guy, picking up trash after the the game against Iowa State
3: midweek. Wow, um, I'm going to go with Baylor. They're going to get the small arena arena effect against a big team. Um, Stealing some of that Auburn thunder. Yeah. Next, we go to Winston Salem. Oh boy, 1 p.m. Duke are visiting Wake Forest. This is a pickem. Uh, Kim Palm's got it at 76-75, giving it a 50% chance of victory both ways. 1 p.m. Like like I said last
1: time, vibes pick. The vibes are high in Winston Salem, even though they they just they they didn't, they didn't cut against UVA, but you know. Hey, we still we
0: won the overall series on aggregate points.
1: Fair, just like Auburn did. Seventeen points, just like Auburn did. Uh, Agreed. Duke is what Duke is this year on the road, especially. I think the Deacons are going to give them all they got. Give me, give me Wake Forest. Go first, Connor.
2: Um, if I get too fired up about this one, we're going to have to break in the dump button for the first time on the show. So surprised <laughs> I didn't do it last week. For before the bo- I say bull. something that I regret about that disgusting school in, in Durham, I will take the Demon Deacons, and I will be wearing my one Wake Forest shirt from when I visited there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to take Wake Forest. Potential for a boardroom unanimous pick here. Uh, That's gonna be just infamous. home court effect. Home court effect.
0: I will say this, Wake is one of the last couple teams in college basketball who's undefeated at home this year. They have not lost a home game at the Joel, the Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Scumbags like Joel Lenardi want Wake to lose this game. Absolute terrible people who hate the ACC,
1: like some people it, in the boardroom.
2: The anti-ACC agenda is disgusting. It is. It's a
1: great I... Oh, I, I mean, sympathize. It's it's not as strong as it has been in the past few years. Well, yeah, but because every yeah,
2: correct. Had, correct, Not as strong Doesn't as it has been bad. the last two years. Let's, and not, then, let's stop talking about the Mountain West and the ACC people. Let's, let's get I haven't said and that And then that the once. ACC. No, has, no uh, people on Twitter. And
0: then the Twitter. ACCs had a Twitter's team in the final four life. like the last like couple like what six years. Okay, Griggs, let's get a pick here. Um But I'm gonna go with the Demon Deacons. They need this one to not be playing. And a tournament with three letters in March. So give me the Demon Deacons. That's, that's or pick. or the NIT. The, the, road to in Indy the road to Indy
3: starts now. Here we go. Last one. We need to be pretty quick with this one. Uh, Bama at Kentucky. Bama. I'm giving them what a point. They're a point and a half favorites. So I'm giving Kentucky 90-88. Is Kim Palm's predicted score. Uh, Bama winning. I am gonna take Kentucky. Wagyu's phenomenal forearms gonna come back to
1: bite them in this game. Give me the Kitty Cats. <sighs> um,
0: I mean, Kentucky's had their struggles. I mean, they did beat us. This could be potential a letdown. They did lose the other night to LSU, which I think that'll fuel them a little bit more. So I'm gonna go with the Cats. And Bama Kentucky. had a tough midweek. They had a
3: tough midweek. They, mid- did they have did. Tough should have lost game. that midweek. But only right, one of these Paul's teams lost
0: their midweek. So
2: had a uh, had to do a double take last night and I was watching Alabama Florida. I thought for a second it was Friday and we were already watching WWE SmackDown um, <laughs> with the the bows that. Mohammed Wag- Wagway or Wagu, whatever the hell his name is. Um, he is dirty player, tried to stamp on Janai, and very typical of the program that Nate Oates runs. Two sleazeball coaches, Nate Oates,
3: takes an L in his future arena. Two boardroom unanimous picks. Now, we head to the Oval. For the Atlanta Motor Speedway <laughs> and <laughs> Better Health Four Hundred this the Sunday. Better Health Four Hundred. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick to finish in the top five. So I'm just gonna list off a few race car drivers. <laughs> Give guys. me Max <laughs> Verstappen. Uh, we got Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Brad Keselowski, William Byr- Byron, Chase <laughs> Elliott, Kyle Kislowski's Larson. In the booth now. Uh, he's he's racing. He's got odds uh, to to make the top five. So those are the the, the leaders. Um, and I'm gonna take the man in the number 11 car, Danny. Denny Hamlin. Wow, it's taking Denny. It's All big right. Big um,
1: I'm currently on my browser right now because I haven't I haven't watched NASCAR in so long. Um, so I'm going off <laughs> I'm going off name value here. Um, just kind of scrolling. Um, uh, I don't know, Give me Kyle Busch. Ooh, uh, that's that's a good name. The, 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 it's a, a good, good name names, pick. I was yeah. gonna add a couple in, in, in mind. A lot of new bloods on this on this on this roster right now. I don't really know, so they got to get a name for themselves. But I'm picking off legacy right now. Connor, uh, give me a second. Give him a
2: second. Um, oh, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. You're locked right, in. Go, go for it. Um, most people may not know the name Joe Gibbs. Ooh, but to oh, me, we know
0: Joe Gibbs. To oh, me, Joe
2: Gibbs. Joe Gibbs is the three-time Super Bowl champion head coach of the Washington R-words, <laughs> and so. I just looked up who's on his NASCAR team because I'm also aware that he owns the NASCAR team. So I'm also going with Denny Hamlin.
3: Oh, wow. You can't. can't. That's
2: so lame. So are,
0: some can't. are saying that Joe Gibbs has done more on right. the racetrack than he has on the That's so field. true. The that next so pick-up is so much more fun. I, mean, uh, I didn't even, to even get to. Um,
2: they also have a guy
3: named Sheldon Crew. Um, yeah, give Greek. me Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott for Greeks. All right, here we go. I like Chase. This week. Connor Verdard. The megastar. Goes one-on-one with the Scottish Warrior in an intense Elimination Chamber preview showdown. Oh, we're picking wrestling. The two have never clashed in a WWE ring and started their conflict last week in a backstage altercation where referees and agents had to separate the two. Intense action. Which engaging superstar can gain the important victory one night before they head down under for the Elimination Chamber match. L.A. Night is going to go toe-to-toe with Drew McIntyre. Well, Kyle, you could totally do promos. Like, that was – Dude, I I have have chills. chills. I have chills. All right, we
1: have 50 seconds. As as he said, I prayed on this. Give me Drew McIntyre. Ooh.
2: Give me L.A. Night. Okay. In my extremely limited knowledge, I know that Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes have some beef, and they're popping up Cody Rhodes. So I think we're, we're headed towards a Drew McIntyre-Cody Rhodes big fight at some point. So I'm taking Drew McIntyre.
1: Wow. You know ropes. You know okay,
3: ropes. Okay. So um, a portion of the boardroom is watching this match tomorrow night. So for the content, <sighs> I'm going to have to go for, with L.A. Knight wow. here. Wow. Good pick. Just for good the pick. content. Well, good pick. Wow. Well, well,
2: it'll be tied. It'll be uh, Nelson and I with, with Drew McIntyre against L.A. King, Kyle and Emily. <laughs> yep. Kyle and Emily. And Griggs. Wow. What a, from and Chicago. Griggs was um, – strictly anti-bordering activities, is going to Chirac instead of. <laughs> know, I border- might be at the
0: United Center if things go well tomorrow to see my glorious king, Conor Dart. But that is all the time we have for today's show. If you missed any we today's show, care. you could check. We uh, don't care about you could check your favorite podcast platform after the show. But until next week, same time, same place. For Connor Greenberg, Nelson Early, Kyle Davis, I'm Greg's Mike This has been The Boardroom on oh, Weagle. Oh. Nine, nine. This has been The Boardroom on, on Weagle 91.1 FM. We thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone. Weekend, everyone, and we're Thank you for joining us for this session of The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week, and this meeting of The Boardroom is officially adjourned.